Good morning. It's great to see everybody out this morning. <clears throat> Hope you didn't do what I did about 25 years ago. Uh, I was on staff at a church and um, walked in uh, to uh, an empty building about this time uh, those those years ago because I forgot to set my clock forward. First, I had a moment of did I miss the rapture, but then so, you know, eventually realized that no, you just got here a whole a lot earlier than anybody else. But I'm glad to see you here. I'm glad to, that you are um, uh, able to uh, to join us this morning, and and certainly thank you for the opportunity to to bring this message. Uh, uh, to you in Brother Jake's absence, and we'll pray for him and the revival here in just a moment, but uh, I'm excited to, to be here, uh, and I'm, I'm so grateful to, to 10 Mile and just to the, the ministry that you and to have supported at the children's home for many years, not only uh, through prayers and financially, but being a church home to many of our staff and, and kids over the years, and I am so grateful to you, and thank you for that. You know, this morning we're going to look uh, really, uh, at a, a passage uh, in, in Joshua, uh, not really, we are looking at Joshua chapter 24, but we're going to look from that uh, uh, about one of the attributes, I think, of, of God. And it really brings us to the question of, you know, do we really, uh, uh, do we really trust God? Do we really trust his plans for our lives? And uh, do we really understand what it means to, to, to trust him, to, to, to serve him, day in and day out. Well, you know, the good news, I think, is, is, is where we're going to end the, the message is simply in the, the reality that uh, we're not going to, to truly understand what it means to serve a holy, holy, holy God. Uh, but he's made a way through Jesus uh, for us to, to have a relationship restored with him. You know, I'm reminded of the words in Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. So as we begin to, to uh, peel back a little bit of a glimpse and understanding of, of, of a holy God, um, the, the good news and the, the way, again, this message will end is that he has made us a way, made a way for us to uh, worship him as a holy God. You know, it's easy to, to, for us to understand God as the creator. If we're a believer anyway, it's, it's easy to understand that. We, we understand that God is a God of mercy and grace, and we're thankful that, that he is. Uh, but do we truly understand what it means to worship the one true holy God. And that's what I want us to look at today is, is just a, 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 a few moments and of, of, of trying to glimpse and understand more deeply uh, the holiness of God. You know, in preparing for, for this message, I came to understand uh, personally, uh, as I've struggled almost a week and a half to, to, to find a way or two weeks really to, to bring this message together, it was, it was hard. Uh, and, and I think uh, uh, it best summed up in the, the words here that I read from uh, uh, A.W. Tozer's book called The Knowledge of the Holy. And this is what A.W. Tozer writes. It's, he says, we cannot grasp the true meaning of divine holiness. It stands apart, unique, unapproachable, incomprehensible, and unattainable. The nature of man is blind to it. He may fear God's power and admire his wisdom, but his holiness he can never even imagine. 
So again, I think that kind of resonated with me as to why it was so hard to truly dig in and understand uh, this passage today, specifically um, uh, one verse and what Joshua says in this verse about the holiness of God. But today, if you would, we're going to read, uh, uh, focus primarily on verses uh, 14 through 28 of Joshua chapter 24. So let's uh, read these together. And and if you would, uh, let's stand uh, in the honor of, of reading of God's word. So Joshua chapter 24, starting with verse 14. It says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and who did these great signs in our sight and preserved us through all the way in which we went and among all the peoples through whose midst we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the peoples, even the Amorites who lived in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. Then Joshua said to the people, You will not be able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgression or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done good to you. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen for yourselves the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, put away the foreign gods which are in your midst and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God and we will obey his his voice. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made it for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And, and Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be for a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. Thus it shall be for a witness against you, lest you deny your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to his inheritance. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this uh, day, Lord. Thank you so much for the opportunity uh, we have to, to live in a country, to live in, in a place where we can freely gather together as, as believers and, and, and as your church in this building, Father. Uh, I pray that as we uh, uh, open this word today that we uh, pay attention to, to the message, Lord. I pray that the words not be mine or the thoughts not be mine, but I pray, Father, that, that you will speak uh, using my tongue and voice and, and, and articulate uh, on a way that, that only you can, an understanding that leaves us changed by hearing it. Father, we just pray for, for those around the world who even today are, are gathering to, to worship you and who may not be able to do so in, in, in a free way. Father, I just pray today that you give them safety and the ability to, to come together and to, to worship you. 
And Father, I just pray for Brother Jake and, and the revival this week, Lord, that you will uh, soften hearts and you will prepare uh, ears to hear and receive a, a, the, a message from you uh, this week. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so we're, we're going to kind of look at some verses, but the central verse here that we're, we're going to uh, start with is verse 19. And, and if you remember when we read verse 19, it says, Then Joshua said to the people, you will not be able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. So as, as we, we start there, under trying to understand what does it mean that God is a jealous God, that he is a holy God, uh, I want us to really spend a, a few moments to see what it is maybe that we can glean from this passage in, in, in uh, Joshua. Uh, but ultimately coming back to, I think, the the. the understanding that uh, it is because he's holy that there is nothing that you nor I can do uh, to, to serve a holy God, but that he makes a way. <clears throat> but as we see, uh, as we begin and look in the context of these verses, we're going to see starting in verse uh, 1 of chapter 24, uh, kind of where, where we pick up this story and where the Israelites are. So in, in verse 1, you see uh, of Joshua 24, it says, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and their judges and their officers, and they presented themselves before God. So the, the, uh, so Joshua has summoned uh, all the, the leaders of, and elders of all the, the 12 tribes, and they have come uh, to, to this place called Shechem, and we'll talk a little bit in just a moment of the significance of that. And uh, they are being and they are presented themselves. It says here before God. So the, then the next, the following verses uh, will be uh, Joshua uh, uh, speaking. But as he he'll say here in verse two, it says, "But thus says the Lord." He is speaking to remind the people of what God has done for them. And, uh, and so, uh, again, we'll, we'll come back and more closely look at that. But this, the context of this, this, this time is really at the end of Joshua's life. It's, it's sort of his farewell uh, uh, challenge and, and speech uh, to, to the Israelites. So let's, let's look then and, and let's uh, start to, to consider this, this idea of who God is as a holy God. So when I was thinking about that and just trying to reflect on uh, uh, what, what that means uh, to, to worship a, a holy God, I, I uh, remembered a passage in Isaiah. So I went back to, to read it again, and I want to read it this morning. Uh, Isaiah 6, and, it's, and it says, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So Isaiah, in this, this passage, in, in my mind, gives us a brief uh, uh, look into 
to this idea and trying to understand really what is not uh, uh, something that we can truly understand. And that what this holy God, who this holy God is. You see, the heavenly beings there, the seraphim understood the holiness of God. Uh, and they did so with reverence and with, with proclamation. Isaiah, after seeing this scene, understood his, who he was and his sin much deeper and in a more tragic way. You see, in, in his vision, while standing before a holy God, he came to understand uh, uh, who he was uh, in, in, in posture to that holy God. You see, we cannot look at the holiness of God as a people without seeing our own unworthiness and, and um, our sin. In glimpsing God's holiness, we see ourselves for who we really are. So, so what, do, what do we get from this passage in Isaiah? A couple of points uh, that, that I want to highlight before we move back to, to Joshua. One is that we see, I think, uh, Isaiah describing the, the, the majesty of God. Now again, you know, my, and I tend to be a kind of a simple guy, and so my vocabulary is probably not the, the largest in the world, but I struggle to find words to even uh, describe this idea of the majesty or the holiness of God. You know, words like God is great or, or he's awesome or he's majestic come to mind, but they don't really adequately capture what Isaiah is trying to say here. And then we notice uh, that the use here of, of in, in, in the passage in, in Isaiah of the word holy was used three times. Holy, holy, holy. You see, God's not just holy. He is holy, holy, holy. So the idea of using this in threes is the idea of completeness. It's, it's the idea of, of, of wholeness. It's, it's the idea of being set apart. So when we, we come to understand and what Isaiah is, is, is teaching us in these words here, I believe, is that, that God is, is set apart. He is, he is not just uh, uh, holy like we might call someone uh, who, who uh, is a religious leader or someone like that. He is complete. He is holy, holy, holy. He is set apart. Um, we also see in, in these words uh, God's goodness but not just goodness how, is how we might think of the word goodness. The idea of, of a holy, holy, holy God is a, is, is a God that's pure, a God who uh, sets his own standard. There's none, no one other, that, or nothing else that, that, that measures uh, uh, to him and like him. He is set apart. He, is, he, he sets his own standard. We heard that when, when he referenced that the whole earth is full of his glory. There's no one else that can be said but a holy, holy God of his, his, his um, glory uh, filling the whole earth. And then like we mentioned, uh, Isaiah also teaches us that, that when we look at a holy God, that's when we see our sin and our unworthiness. And it's revealed to us so how does that apply then to this idea that Joshua is trying to express in, in, in chapter 24? So let's, let's look at the, these verses, and we've got two or three points that we'll, we'll move through here uh, quickly that I think we uh, can, can see about what uh, our presenting ourselves before a holy God, what we, need, we have to do. <clears throat> so the first thing is, though, in, in the context of, of chapter 24, um, 
it mentions here in verse 1 that, that uh, Joshua gathers all the elders and leaders uh, in Shechem. Now, Shechem's a, a pretty important uh, a biblical location. And if you look back at, at uh, why, um, there, there are a few scenes throughout the Old Testament that we, we can uh, see where Shechem is referenced. In Genesis chapter 12, uh, Shechem is where Abraham first received the promise of God that he would give his seed the land of Canaan. Abraham responded by building an altar at Shechem because of, of that promise that God had given them. Jacob also stopped at Shechem in Genesis chapter 35, verse 4, and that's where he buried idols that uh, his family had brought with them and, and to, to, to remove those, those idols. And also we see in Joshua chapter 8 that after the Israelites had completed the first phase of the conquest of, of Canaan, that Joshua built an altar to Yahweh and he inscribed the law of, of, of God on stone pillars and he reviewed these laws for all the people in Joshua chapter 8. So here again, Joshua's returning everyone to, to that location and the reality is those, those stones, that monument that he had, had uh, previously uh, uh, placed there uh, was, was still visible. So they were coming back to a place where they understood that, uh, um, that the, the law of God and understood what he required of, of, of the, his people. And so here, uh, Joshua then says in verse 2, as I read a while ago, that, that uh, he, Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. So the next few verses then is, the, is, is him reminding the people what God has done for him. And when you look at the, the pronoun in, in these verses, I, Joshua's not referring to himself, but these are the words of the Lord. So his reminder, I think, is 18 times that, that is um, uh, mentioned here in, in these verses up to verse 13 of what God had done for the Israelites. Whether he took or he says, I gave or I assigned or I sent or I afflicted or I brought, I delivered. All these things were things that God had done for, uh, for the Israelites. Any greatness Israel had achieved was not by her own effort, but was through God's grace and enablement. So he was reminding the people of his sovereignty and his protection and his plan that he had, his covenant that he had with his people in Israel. And so then we pick up in verse 14 when it says, Now therefore, so we know that the word therefore is there for a reason, and that's because all the, the verses before it uh, are the connector. And so he picks up and he, he um, uh, issues a challenge. He issues a challenge to, to the Israelites. And why did they need this challenge? Well, I think, you know, we, we know, probably most of us know the uh, uh, history uh, throughout the biblical history of Israelites and how frequently uh, uh, God uh, would do something miraculous uh, for them and to accomplish his will through them, and they would soon forget. We see they were at a, a crossroads again. They were at another place, even though it was at the end of Joshua's life, uh, uh, they were at, once again at a place where they began to uh, assimilate the culture uh, around them. They were at another crossroad. Now, uh, my visual on what a crossroad is is one an experience that I had when I first moved to Illinois uh, five years ago, a little over five years ago. It was the very first church I was called to, to go 
preach uh, at for uh, on behalf of the, the, the children's home was up in Oblong, and I didn't know where I was going. I had a GPS. That's why we have GPS, right? And so uh, I had two or three of the, the kids from the children's home with me in the car, and we were going up to, to this church, and uh, it took me down this gravel road, and we drove for miles, it seemed like many miles, and uh, it, all I saw was corn and gravel. And so then we, we finally come to a, a crossroads uh, where there was a, 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 a point where I, I pulled literally in the middle of, of those uh, four points, and I was looking all around and looking at the GPS, and the girls were, that were in the car with me were looking like, where did you bring us? Because uh, it, it, it was truly a crossroads. Do I turn around and go back, you know, that where at least I know it was familiar? Or, or do I turn left and, and hopefully maybe there's a town this way or right or, or, or whatever? But I told the girls, I said, you know what? All I know to do is trust the GPS. And so we kept going straight. We did eventually make it there. But that's a, that's a visual of a crossroad, but that's exactly what was happening here with the Israelites. It wasn't a physical crossroad, but once again, they were at a spiritual crossroad that um, they had began to kind of veer a little to the left or to the right. They were trying to assimilate to, to the culture that was around them, and uh, they lost focus on, on the plan, the purpose that God had for them to stay fo- forward focused and to go uh, <clears throat> to, to, to follow him. You know, we're not uh, so unlike that today, are we? That we, we too find it's often easier to assimilate to, to the pressures around us. Um, but, but Joshua was, was reminding the people, and here in these verses, that there was a decision to make. That it wasn't just um, lip service that they needed, but there was something they had to do. He was calling them to make a choice. So verse 14 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the, the gods which your, your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. All right, so, so the, the choice is, is, is that he was telling the people that you, you have to make a decision now. Are you going to, to serve the Lord who's done all these things that he had just mentioned in the previous verses or are you just going to keep... Uh, uh, you know, going and, 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 you know, whichever way the society or the people around you at the time go. But in verse 14, he specifically says, you know, are you going to, um, he, he says, to, to fear the Lord. Um, and, and this was idea of fearing the Lord is a fear that honors him, a, a, a one that respects him, one that uh, is, is to, to rever, revere him uh, when, and, and to, to, to fear uh, the Lord. Then the idea of, of, he said here, you have to serve him then in sincerity. So what does it mean in, to serve the Lord God in sincerity? Well, in, in this context, the word literally means without blemish. That means uh, to, to do so, to serve him uh, sincerely, perfectly, to be upright, to be blameless, uh, to be unscathed or without fault. So, so he was telling the people then to, to, to fear the Lord is to serve him uh, in sincerity and to serve him in truth. Now, the idea of truth here is the idea of, 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 of firmness in truth. It's an idea of being constant, being reliable, being the same. Uh, it's not being swayed one way or the other. It's staying for, focused and forging ahead. And then... Uh, to, to fear the Lord, to serve him in, in sincerity and truth is then to put away the gods uh, their fathers had served. 
because God is a jealous God. You see, uh, where, where they were, where the Israelites were, was once again, they had began to veer off the path, to, to go a little to the left, a little to the right, whichever uh, uh, way the, the, the wind blew at the time. But what they didn't understand was what Joshua would go on to say in verse 19, is that the God you're committing to today, he's a jealous God. He's a holy God. He's a holy, holy, holy God. There, there's no standard by which uh, uh, we can, can measure. He is God. He is a holy God. So it's no different for us today as we think about who, who this God is that, that we serve. The same words are, are true to, to you and I. The, the challenge can be the same that, that today that we must fear the Lord. We have to serve Him in sincerity and in truth and to put away other idols. And you see, uh, he moves then in verse 15 to what I think is the first point, and one that I already mentioned here, is that there's a choice that we, we, can, we can do, we can make, we have to make. You know, I, um, as most of us, have a love-hate relationship with computers, right? But, but certainly, uh, they're, they're necessary. Uh, but uh, what if you went and turned on your computer, whether at work or at home, and, and the computer uh, came on and said, good morning, Denny. You are the best computer owner in the world. I love you. Thank you for choosing me to be your computer. Well, that'd be sort of creepy, I think. Um, but uh, certainly uh, it wouldn't mean anything, right? You see, God's created you and I to be people who have the ability to make a choice. He could have programmed our software, if you will, uh, to, to worship Him, to uh, uh, understand Him as, as, as holy, 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 to, to always obey Him in all things. But there's no relationship in that. There's, no, uh, uh, there's nothing that He could, could receive from that. It's just He created robots, which He did not do. So He created us to have a choice, to make a decision, to choose, not pre-programmed, but to choose. So Joshua is saying here in, in verse 15, it says that you have a choice. It says, um, you know, in, in starting verse 15, it says, and if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, just choose for yourself who it is you're going to serve. It's your choice. Same choice that we have today. If you don't want to serve the Lord, that's fine. Choose who it is you're going to serve. But as we'll see uh, here in just a minute, what does it mean to, to, to choose to serve a holy God? I'll also uh, take a quick uh, commercial break for a second. Uh, if, if you come back tonight, uh, we'll have a, a message uh, uh, from uh, uh, four guys uh, uh, in, in an Old Testament story that I think uh, really demonstrate this idea of commitment and choosing to, to serve the Lord. So if you want to come back tonight and, and hear that, I just wanted to give you a little uh, teaser about it. I'd love to see you at 6 o'clock, right? Okay. <laughs> um, but here, we're, we're talking about in God's holiness, there, there's no allowance for, for partial obedience. It's, it's uh, uh, trusting in God and His plan and His sovereignty or not. It's choosing to serve Him, the one true God, or serving others, or serving... Um, um, the world. <clears throat> Either way, but there's a choice. 
You know, Jesus even reiterated this in his words in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24 when he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. See, our choice to serve the Lord God is out of a reverent fear of the Lord. It's joyful. It brings uh, joyful uh, joy in, in our service, but it's in tr- sincerity and truth, um, not on something that we can do on our own, but thankfully, uh, because we'll see here in a few minutes, because of Jesus, we can approach a holy God and serve Him in sincerity and truth. <clears throat> but today, you and I, uh, just like the Israelites, have a choice to make. Who is it that we will serve? Second point here is that um, our choice is evidenced in our action. Now, when uh, I've been blessed to be the, 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 the dad to, to four children, and we have three girls and one son. So it was my son, our second child, uh, when he was younger, that there was a word in our house that, that I had to ban. We forbid him to use that word. And that word was sorry. Because you see, if he said sorry once, he said it a hundred times in a day. And we keep doing whatever it was he was sorry for, right? It drove me absolutely crazy. Right? But you see, that's what I'm saying. That, that, that um, uh, the idea here is that, that we can say who we're going to choose. But there's evidence of that. It's more than just words. It's more than just like my son would use the word sorry without any evidence or any repentance or any commitment. It was just sorry. <clears throat> so what does it say here? And, and what does uh, Joshua tell us? Let's look at um, uh, these verses uh, in just, starting with verse 22. It says, And Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen for yourselves the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. So what he's saying is, okay, the words have come out of your mouth, but those words are now your witnesses, okay? There's something you have to do. Verse 23. Now, therefore, put away the foreign gods which are in your midst and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and we will obey his voice. So, so, the, so what was Joshua was saying here is that when you make that choice, there, there is a, a, a action, there is a, a commitment that comes with that. There is evidence uh, that, that you are, are doing that which you have, have uh, agreed to do or, or, or uh, stated that you would do. Jesus also reminds us of this in Matthew chapter 12 when he says in verse 36, 37, But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That's what Joshua is saying here to to the Israelites. He's reminding them, okay, now you're saying you're making this choice, okay? You're making this choice to to, to serve the Lord, and um, who is a holy God, who is a jealous God, and so now those words will serve as witnesses against yourself. The Lord will judge us by our commitment. You see, we're committing to a loving, merciful God who is full of grace, 
but who is holy. He's merciful, but he's merciful through his holiness. He gives grace, but he gives grace through his holiness. You know, there, there's no in-between. He is a God who's actively involved in our lives. And we, um, and if we choose to, to serve him, we cannot separate his love, his mercy, and his grace from his holiness. Let me say that again. So if we choose to serve him, we cannot separate his love, his mercy, his grace, all those things we like to, to, to have from a holy God of mercy and grace. We cannot separate that from who he is as a holy, holy, holy God. How wonderful it is to know that in his holiness, he allows us to choose life and to choose salvation uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, Joshua was saying to the Israelites, and I believe he's saying this to us today, that, 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 that God is saying, my way is the only perfect way. So if we choose to serve him, there will be evidence of that service. The Israelites made a commitment through their words, and Joshua reminded them that there was work to do. There was evidence that was needed uh, in, in their, their commitment. So for you and I today, do we put away the idols of world, the world, whether that's money or possessions or prestige or our, self, our own self-desires and those kinds of things? Do we put those away to serve a holy, holy, holy God? Or do we keep living life on our own for our own glory, for our own desires, or for our own recognition? See, what, what uh, we, we understand here is that you can choose to do either one of those. Just can't ride the fence. <clears throat> I'm reminded also of, of, of the message uh, which really can be multiple sermons in of itself, but I read it only because it just reminds us of this, this, this same concept in Revelation chapter 3 where um, uh, these words are stated in verses 14, uh, starting verse 14 as, as the message to the church at Laodicea. It says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The Amen the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. So you see, this is the same message here. We can't be on the fence. We can't be lukewarm. We can't be half committed. It's all or nothing. And that's what Joshua was saying uh, to the Israelites. Uh, that's what those words, I think, uh, uh, in Revelation or is it, uh, um, to the, the church at Laodicea is, is, is also saying, you can't be in the middle. You have to choose, hot or cold, to be all in and serving a holy God or to serve the world or, or, or other idols. <clears throat> and then finally, I think what we see in, in the the words of, of Joshua to, to the Israelites and, and the actions that come from that is that there was a covenant that was made. You see, their response, their words were written in the book of law. 
Let's look in verse uh, 27, 25 to 27. It says, So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, the stone shall be for a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. Thus it shall be for a witness against you, lest ye deny your God. Now, I'm old enough to, to have <clears throat> grown up as a child back in school when, when uh, teachers paddled. <clears throat> and I'm not here to talk about paddling. But it's about a story. Uh, one particular when I was in junior high where there was a coach there who had a paddle named the Enforcer. And the Enforcer sat on his desk every day. Now that, that, that paddle we would look at and we would walk into class and be reminded of the commitment that we were making by walking into his classroom that we were going to behave that day, right? Thankfully, I never had to, to meet the enforcer personally because it was a reminder. You see, the, 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 that's a silly story, but the idea here that, that we see uh, of this commitment being recorded, being made, and a stone, a monument going up was to just do just that. It was to be that thing that when the people saw it, when they, when they passed it, when they looked at it, they would be reminded that on that day, on this day, I, we made a decision. We made a choice. A choice as to who we were going to serve. And, and a commitment. And so we, we then again see that, that um, this marker that, that uh, is written about here in verse 27, 26 and 27, was to be a witness uh, so that when they passed by, they would be reminded of, of their commitment. You and I today, uh, as we look back over our lives, may also have moments in, in, in time or in, in our life where, where we remember what God has done for us. Hopefully, everyone in this room has that at least that one time where, where you came to understand who you were uh, when you looked at a holy God and, and that was one who was condemned and, and full of sin. And at that moment we're called to salvation through Jesus Christ. See, that's the good news. You know, all this talking about uh, being condemned and, and all these things, that, that you know, seems like it's, it's something we don't want to talk about. But the good news is, is that the holy, holy, holy one made a way for us because he loved us. Out of his holiness, did he give grace out of his holiness? Did he give mercy that he has made a way through Jesus that we can come before him and we can choose to serve him, to fear the Lord. We can serve him in sincerity. We can serve him in truth and we can put away uh, the things of the world. We don't have to follow uh, the, the, the winds of change and societal opinions and things like that because we uh, know the one who um, whose will and whose plan is perfect. So you see, today, you and I each have a choice. And as, as we uh, begin a, a time of, of, of closure and commitment, I think there are ways that we, we need to understand what this choice is. For some of us, there may be, a, uh, it may be the choice uh, today uh, of making that commitment for the first time to choose to serve a holy, holy, holy God. But today can be a day of salvation through Jesus Christ because you see we're reminded in 2 Corinthians 5.21 
that he who made him who knew no sin, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, the good news is today is that because of, uh, uh, despite the fact that we uh, are sinners and, and, and are separated from a holy God, he has provided a way that that relationship can be stored, restored. You can come to know a holy, holy, holy God through a loving Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus died and, 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 and lives today uh, as he conquered sin and death for you and I. And so anyone who desires to, to be restored and to have that right relationship, today can be the day through sal- of salvation through Jesus. It's your choice. Perhaps there are some of us in this room who simply need to, to, to recommit. We see this in Israelites many times had to recommit. Unfortunately, even in this time that we just read here in Joshua of, of their commitment, if you look over a couple chapters and in, into Judges, you're going to know the next generation came along who didn't know the Lord. So they, they didn't really follow through on their commitment. Maybe you and I today, are, as, a, as a believer, maybe there's some here today who need to, to recommit, to, to, to stay focused, to, to admit, say, hey, I, I've let things pull me to the left or to the right or, or even to stay safe and not, not move forward. But today's the day I'm going to commit and recommit to a holy, holy God to do what it is that he wants you to do with your life. And, finally, and, and, and thirdly, the, the, the last group may be those who who understand, who, who, who go back to that marker of salvation in, in your life and understand what God has done for you, and now he's put somebody on your heart that you need to tell. Because, you know, just remembering it is one thing, but we're told to, to, to be uh, uh, carriers of the gospel into the world, to tell others of what God has done for us individually. Today may be your day simply just to commit that, you know, God has put a name of a family member or a friend or a coworker or a neighbor or uh, maybe even a stranger on your mind that you need to, to tell them about what God has done for you. How you have been um, uh, uh, saved because of the love of, of Jesus Christ. You know, if Joshua could, could come back and stand before us today, I, I, su- I suppose he might use some of these similar words in a challenge to, to, you, to you and I. It may be the things that we remember might be different. Maybe he, he will say, you know, remember when, uh, you know, maybe Joshua would say uh, that, that God says, remember when I pulled you out of this sin or this addiction or this uh, 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 life a storm. So what we remember might be different. But the words are still the same, that we have to choose to continue to serve a holy, holy, holy God and be all in in that service to him or simply to just choose not to. Today, you and I have a choice. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for for this message, Lord. And though um, it's it's challenging to to articulate the the depth of your love, the depth of your uh, desire to uh, restore each one of your creations into a right relationship, Lord, We just come before you today trusting in your holiness, trusting in you as a merciful, as a gracious God. And Father, if there be anyone here today who who doesn't understand what it means to have the peace and hope of eternal life through Jesus, 
I pray that today would be a day of commitment and decision to choose to Christ as Lord. Father, there may be some of us here today who simply just need to to um, refocus, to to come back to that uh, point where we need to to move forward in the plans and in the will that you have uh, for our life, Lord. I pray that today be the commitment for that, that we respond. And ultimately, Father, I pray as believers for those of us who are here today who profess Christ, who know Christ as Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that we're burdened uh, for those in our world who are not. Lord, I pray that we're burdened to the point that we cannot help but leave these doors and walls and building, Lord, to, to go into a world who needs to know hope through Jesus Christ. Lord, burden us with the desire to, 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 to share the love of Christ with those that we meet. Ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today, as you have been listening to this sermon, maybe you have been thinking, the Holy Spirit's been working, that I'd like to know more about Jesus. I'm not sure if I've ever been saved. Please reach out and contact us. We would love to share the gospel with you, pray with you with whatever's going on in your life. Or maybe you are a believer, but yet you've got some spiritual battles that you've just not been able to conquer. We'd love to join you in that battle. So please, Reach out to us. We would love and are waiting to hear from you. May God richly bless you in Jesus' name.